my name is Foggy Jack, and I'm the Shock Bazaar Mental Mentalist, and the host of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Now, let's head on down to the Pumpkin Patch for more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Foggy Jack Live Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about evil gnomes. You heard me right. Evil gnomes. So, during my planning for these shows, I like to go and find paranormal stories that involve ghosts or those kind of things. I like to search for anything magic-related or the haunt industry. Those are the kind of the three things that I like to base this whole content around. Um, but every now and again, I run across a story that I'm like, well, we got to run that story because that's just interesting. And the story is Evil Gnomes of California. So we're just going to jump right into this story and see exactly where it goes. So far from merely bedtime stories and pure legend, there have been many reports of real encounters with such entities, and the ones that perhaps stick out the most are the most of these accounts in which these creatures have proven to be hostile and malevolent. Allegedly experienced by several witnesses in the U.S. Um, in California, with two families in a small town, seem to have been terrorized and practically held under siege by a mysterious gnome-like entity. Tammy, who moved with her three children to a rural farmhouse near the town of Porterville, California, uh, in 2004, things got weird immediately. As Tammy claimed, she often felt the heavy sense of being watched, at times almost feeling the gravity of eyes upon her. But there were never, but there was never anyone around during these episodes. But it wasn't long until they, she realized it was something paranormal. In the coming days, the barn took on quite a sinister air, seeming to emanate a cold chill, a thick sense of dread, and having the habit of spooking the many animals the family owned, including dogs, cats, chickens, turkeys, and even ducks. Although they tended to wander all over the property, none of the animals would go anywhere near the barn, as if repelled by some unseen force. No animals would go near the barn, wild or stray, um, that any dog that would come near the barn would yelp, bark, and whine near the barn. Sometimes there could be, um, could be heard noises coming from the barn, which were grunts, growls, and squeals. To add a layer to the thickening air of foreboding, Tammy claimed that she began to notice several of her animals had begun to go missing, gone without a trace, and immediately suspected that the menace, the menacing barn had something to do with it. Tammy chalked it up to, to nerves and perhaps rats or wildlife nesting in the barn and explained that missing animals anyway is having just run off or being killed by coyotes. But one frightening encounter would convince her that it was something more than that. Tammy returned from town um, with her son and parked the car. But as she exited the vehicle and went to get some groceries out of the trunk, she claimed that she saw fleeting movement in her, in her vision or in her just out of the corner of her eye, sorry. When she looked up, there was nothing there, and she went back to unloading the groceries, but almost immediately, there was another movement, and this time with a laugh. Standing there about 50 yards away 
was what she described as a humanoid creature about three feet tall, which sported a beard and was wearing baggy black pants, a gold-colored shirt, and a red pointy cap. For a moment, it just stood there, staring at her and her son with, with deep-set, dead black eyes as if studying them, but then things turned, took turns for the sinister. Tammy said, this time I heard the very freaky, very evil-sounded chuckle. I looked in the direction of the sound, and standing about 50 yards from me and my son was what I could only describe as a gnome. That thin grinning, that thing grinning at us um, kept the creepy grin spread from ear to ear, and its teeth were as, were a gross brown and pointed or jagged. It had a bulbous nose and large, deep-set eyes, though I really couldn't tell the color of them. I never got a closer look at it, and it did and I didn't. I don't know if it was wearing shoes or not because at that moment I dropped my groceries, grabbed my son, and ran for the house. Tammy and her son had entered the house and slammed the door behind them. She began frantically telling her daughter what about what had happened be, between deep gasps. Somewhere outside, the strange little man was still cackling, and there was a movement. And there was movement by the window. The family looked out to see what it was. As they approached the window, they could see the top of the pointed red hat um, trying to look into the house. Um, this was odd because the window was located eight feet above the ground, and these things were three feet tall. So that's interesting. Tammy closed the blinds, moved her children well away from the windows, and waited there breathlessly until the thing finally went away. This would be the this would be the only direct sighting of the evil gnome, but Tammy would occasionally hear the same ominous chuckle um, ensuing forth from the shunned barn. She would later say that after that the night that well, she would later say after that night, whenever the dogs barked or howled, we would we were pretty sure we knew what they were barking at. We were also pretty sure of where our missing poultry had gone. From time to time, we would hear a weird, creepy chuckle or another noises coming from that old barn. Tammy and her family would eventually move away, being intrigued. But this isn't the end of the story. A curious thing about this case is that at the same time, the time this family had no idea that the previous family had experienced similar bizarre incidents, and she would later learn that... There had been others in the same area who had been encountered with the same sort of creature. One second. We're going to stop here for a second because this honestly is an exact parallel to Hellier. I talk about Hellier a lot because this is Hellier and the cases that are around Hellier... Um, intrigue me the most out of any cryptid, any paranormal, any UFO alien story that there is, Hellier is the one story that just fascinates me the most. And I and I love researching and learning more and more and more about Hellier. And I may have the chance to go to Hellier this year, but we'll see what happens. Hellier these little creatures would come out of the cave system in Kentucky and scare the, scare the town. This is almost exactly what happened 
in this story, excuse me. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm very intrigued as to see the parallels or the similarities between these two um, stories. Let's just jump back here. In the meantime, she would continue to, to experience strange phenomena regarding the gnomes even after moving. She would elaborate in all these comments on the site Weird Frenzo, in which she said, I called it gnomes as that is what it resembled to me. I didn't I didn't move out. I did move, but only about half a mile down the road, and still with the Tool River running behind us. I did not know when I moved here that some of my neighbors had had experiences with the creepy gnomes way before I told my story. There, they were run out of the... That sentence does not make sense. Well, for the past several months, we have started having the same experiences we did at the other place. We have heard the creepy cackling laugh and heard something running around the house. One night, I was laying on the couch and heard something running very fast across the front deck. It hit the gate so hard that it flew end over end. The thing running was too heavy to be a cat, but too fast to be a human. Another night, I was laying on the couch and noticed something moving in the corner of my eye on the deck. The mini blinds were down, so but not shut, and I saw that creepy red, that creepy gnome or red hat standing next to a shelf on the deck where I kept my yard ornaments, fairies, and other things like that, which have gone missing. I closed the slats on the mini blinds with my hand, but the curtain was pulled away from the slider, and I did not see it, but I knew that it was looking at me through the open curtain. I tried to lay really still, and when my grandson came in and told me what happened, and he pulled the curtain closed, he looked around outside but only found some small footprints on a white shelf that ha is in our storage shed. So the thing is still here and terrorizing me and my neighbors. A few families would move into Tammy's previous house in 2010, and adding to the whole bizarre story is that in 2011, author and paranormal investigator Jason o Offit got into contact with one of the new owners of the house, a Charlie Thomas, who also had her own strange story to tell, claiming that her and her family were also being terrorized by gnome-like creatures. Um, now we're seeing that these stories are coming from multiple people in multiple sections of this town, which also is a parallel to Hellier. The family had been taught had been taunted by eerie singing or chanting coming from outside of the window at night, and they too immediately noticed that there was something weird going on that with that decrepit old barn, and everything only escalated from here. One evening in the early morning hours, the couple woke at the sound of a raspy, gargling singing, which chilled them to the bone. When they looked out the window, they could see they could see standing by a small pond on the property a creature standing around three feet in height and wearing maroon pants and a baggy yellow shirt with a brown vest and dark waistcoat. The thing was described as having a bushy gray beard and wearing a tall, pointed, reddish hat. The eyes of the being were said to be small and black and his teeth were discolored jagged and sharp to the point of looking almost broken uh, the creatures seemed to know it was being watched and apparently stared right back at them before snatching one of their expensive koi fish they had stocked the pond 
with and jamming it into his mouth with glee. The husband allegedly shouted at it to go away, and it actually apparently gave him the finger before running off laughing. These gnomes in this story seem to be more intelligent than the ones in Hellier, but I do see the mischief and all the other things that these gnomes are doing a parallel to Hellier and the creatures in Hellier. Um, we had noticed that every time we put fish in the pond, they disappeared, and we thought it was the cats or raccoons eating them. After seeing that, I think the creepy little creature was a, was the guilty party. This thing was apparently really... This thing really apparently really liked the pond because it would purpo- purportedly be seen the numerous times, always in the morning hours around 3 a.m. and often eating a fish within. I also It also rather amusingly seemed to like playing with the garden gnomes garden gnome decorations that had been set up there, something even, sometimes even vandalizing them. Fed up with the strange intruder, the husband then apparently took away the lawn ornaments and fish, which caused the gnomes to one night throw a tantrum, stomping about and shouting out in some, in some garbled, bizarre language. The thing would skirt around the house, banging on the walls and testing the locked doors at night, almost always at 3 a.m. Thomas would say one night... After we had removed the fairies and gnomes and fish from the yard, the creature showed up at the usual 3 a.m. When it showed up and found that the yard ornaments and fish were gone, it went crazy. It was yelling and screaming, something that we couldn't understand. But we did understand that the thing was pissed and wanted to know and wanted us to know about it. We had put a doggy door in the back on the back door and it was big enough for our dog to go through and would be big enough for the creature to go through as well. I took off running down the kitchen as I got there. The dog had started barking like crazy at the doggy door. If that creature can half run, half fly around the house, it was probably capable of flying up into to the windows. A fear hit me like nothing I had ever felt, and I ran back to the twins' bedroom where they were both sound asleep in their cribs. The last we heard of the creature was a very loud screeching, cackling sound. It was under one of the living room windows, and when my husband went to check it out, he saw the top of that creature's hat under the window. Right when we decided that we were out of, right then we decided we were out of there. We couldn't stay with these creatures. The Thomases would then move away, perhaps a wise decision, and that was that. The fact that two separate families who didn't know each other have reported the same thing seemed to give this case a bit of weight, but it does seem, but it still does nothing to explain what is offending creatures could possibly be. I guess I don't know the stories of where actual garden gnomes come from. I'm going to guess fairy tales. Um, But as I said in the previous episode, fairy tales and these kind of things all stem from something. Um, And so is it that these gnomes are stemming from gnomes? It's interesting in Hellier, these the aliens that are in Hellier are said to move around through the cave systems. In Kentucky, are these um, gnomes doing the same thing? But in California, are these are these creatures like the creatures we're seeing, like Sasquatch? Well, there's different Sasquatches around the country. Um, are these things? 
different in parts of the in different parts of the country. That's an interesting story. And um, thank you guys for joining me and I'll see you next time. Patreon. Hope to see you all next time down in the pumpkin patch. Thank you, goodbye, and blessed be.